Welcome to The Meeting Room, a place to gather and discuss all things relating to meat safety, quality, and production. Welcome to The Meeting Room. My name is Brianna Boozman, and thank you for joining me this week. So typically at the beginning of the meeting room, we go through some numbers and then jump into the news, but it has been a couple weeks since we've had an episode, and so this week I'm going to just focus on some of the news stories. Um, These really are mainly just from the past week, um, and there's been quite a bit happening, so we'll go ahead and jump into the news. So in 2022, the USDA prime percentage for cattle is down compared to the past two years. So again, prime being the quality grade, highest quality grade we have here in the United States, and it is trending down. So in 2020, that prime percentage was at about 9.4%. In 2021, it was at 8.9%. And today, it's only at 7.5%. Likely, and this is me speculating, this is not something that was reported, But likely this could be with um, something that has to do with the drought, with different feedstuffs that's available, um, as well as we've been seeing some kind of extreme weather conditions throughout the summer. Um, All of those things can impact um, the cattle's ability to grow, as well as their stress level, which can impact that final quality grade. Choice, on the other hand, is remaining pretty constant um, at about 72.6% compared to 73.4% and 72.4% in 2020 and 2021, respectively. Select, on the other hand, is up slightly at 16.6%, compared to 14.1% and 15.5% in 2020 and 2021. Additionally, the choice select spread is at $0.24. So basically, what that is saying is there's a... Uh, difference when people sell cattle on the grid or based on their carcass characteristics and um, that price is determined by yield or how much meat that carcass is going to provide as well as quality grade. And so the choice select spread is the difference um, between a choice graded carcass and a select graded carcass. And currently uh, that's at 24 cents per pound with a choice carcass bringing $233 per hundredweight and select carcasses at $209 per hundredweight. So for every 100 pounds, um, a choice carcass would bring $233, whereas a select would bring $209 for those 100 pounds. Canada is investing in animal welfare by investing $3 million in funding to three different programs, or $3 million collectively, that will be disseminated um, among those three programs. So the main recipient of those dollars is the Animal Health Canada organization. The funds that this organization will receive will be used to improve practices of humane handling and transportation of livestock. The Canadian Cattle Identification Agency will use the funds that they receive um, for identification tags to help improve traceability. Uh, The goal with this is to allow some traceability um, in in their event of a disease outbreak that they're able to 
um, kind of trace back the origins of that. And the Canadian poultry and egg processors will also receive funds uh, to be able to update hatcheries to meet the requirements for the care of their uh, breeding flock, their chickens, and their turkeys. Um, and the chickens and turkeys being ones that are going into food production. So all of those funds um, really being used to help improve animal welfare. Um, typically when, I feel like when animal welfare is talked about, it's it's talked about like the immediate handling of those uh, creatures. But uh, the traceability thing to me is kind of interesting um, of thinking about putting that into place more of a preventative for down the line. Um, some of those things I think sometimes can get a little bit hairy with uh, tracing of the live animal, but also know that there can be some huge benefit to it. Uh, so it will be interesting to see how the use of those funds uh, take place. Mashoffs, a hog production company that's based in Illinois, donated $100,000 to the University of Illinois um, in their Ag Research and Demonstration Center. So the funds that they have donated will be used to equip the space to better offer different ag education as well as development programs. Uh, the space, it sounds like, has some lab space, has some teaching space, um, and is a great education center. Um, <clears throat> one thing that's really interesting to me with just the meat industry in general is, and not often talked about is there's a lot of companies out there that are very, very generous with their dollars as well as with the products that they're producing. Um, typically, you know, around the holidays, you'll maybe see something about a company donated this or donated that. But um, if you ever get a chance, look some of those things up because it's it's pretty cool to see um, the generosity that does come with a lot of these places, whether that be on the live production um, or things that are going down into further processing. Um, a lot of companies that get really involved in their community um, and help out with those things. So cool to see. Um, let's see here. Tyson Foods received a $960,000 incentive from the Sherman Economic Development Corporation to go towards their $32 million project to add automation. So uh, looking at bringing some tech into their workplace. And so most of the time, also important to note is that um, Automation, most of the time when people think about automation, they're thinking about, oh, we're getting rid of employees, we're getting rid of people. But you'll notice that um, this is coming from an economic development corporation. A lot of times they focus on, um, you know, developing the funds also that are, are going into their local folks. And so um, the funds that they are giving are going to their case-ready beef and pork plant in Sherman, Texas. But one of the stipulations with those funds was that for the 36 months that the company is giving those dollars, they're required to maintain a workforce of 1,600 employees. I'm not 100% sure what they're at right now, but I would be willing to bet that if there is a um, stipulation that they maintain a workforce of that much, um, that they're probably not too far off of that number. So it's um, 
just a note that, you know, automation can very much increase efficiency, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's taking away employees. It may just be uh, redirecting them um, and finding more valuable places for them to be working in the plant, depending on where that automation lied. An additional uh, $50,000 will be given to that uh, group or to Tyson Foods to be used to locally source some services and supplies. So in total, it's just over a million dollars that they're receiving from that economic development center um, in order to add in some of that automation to that plant. So you better check your freezers if you're a fan of the Home Run in Chicago's Premium Pizzeria Deluxe Sausage Classic Pizza. It's a little bit of a mouthful, um, but there currently is a recall of 13,000 pounds of frozen pizza, and the recall is not due to a um, foodborne illness or contamination in that way. However, it is due to a physical contamination uh, with co contact with metal. And so apparently the company has had some customers that called in uh, that found metal in their pizzas. Nobody has reported any injuries or any um, adverse effects. I'm guessing if it was something that was caught, that it was something that was more visible um, and able to be seen. But check your freezers if that's something that... Um, you keep on hand. These products were produced on June 6th, and if you do have them on hand, throw them away. Do not try to consume those products. JBS in South America reported a 9.8% decline in their second quarter net profit, and that equated to about $766 million dollars. And it's thought to be due to translations of the foreign currency. So the Brazilian currency currently has about a 7% appreciation against the U.S. dollar, which negatively affected their revenue. Uh, looking at JBS Beef North America, they had a net revenue increase of about 2.7% um, or uh, putting them at about $5.5 billion for their year over year net revenue. And um, on that, there's a lot of universities, academic institutions, etc., that are putting funds and putting emphasis towards training people to be able to go into these plants, uh, whether that be getting into large meat processors or working with their local shops. Um, from what I've seen, actually quite a few of the educational programs that are being put out there are looking more at uh, boostering some of the local small uh, meat processors. One of those being um, a technical school in Wisconsin. So the state of Wisconsin is supporting uh, the local butcher training by giving $220,000 to North Central Technical College to build a student development program. And so uh, the technical school will use these funds for a mobile lab that can allow the training to be brought to students across the state. So I don't know all the details on this, um, but I personally have seen some mobile harvest units, um, mobile units that have had cutting tables, 
other just like demonstration kind of lab type units um, that might be being used. All of those things beneficial in terms of providing training could be something where they're maybe going to some of these local shops to help with that training um, or just putting on some of the pop-up classes. Currently, what I thought was really interesting, in north central Wisconsin, they have twice the number of processing jobs available compared to the national average. So um, a ton, ton of job opportunities up there. And that number is expected to increase by an additional 20% over the next 10 years. And a big part of that is, you know, there's there's always jobs available in meat processing um, plants that are expanding, um, different things like that. But it was also noted that I believe it was 27%, I know it was above 25% of their employees are 55 years or older. And so just thinking about that, there's going to be some natural turnover. And when you see that it's an additional 21% over the next 10 years, when you get that turnover of those employees, you need to have um, new young people coming in to fill those positions. And a big part of that, um, you know, when people start working at a processing plant, they don't need background uh, experience. They don't need specific training. A lot of that can be learned on the job. Um, but especially in the small lockers, having at least some knife skills and comfort and just even on the safety side, um, physical safety as well as thinking about food safety can be huge um, because it is a very high skill um, job, especially again in those small plants when you are doing multiple jobs. It's not the same cut over and over, uh, but it also can require a lot of time and dollars to do that training. So pretty cool to see uh, that technical school putting in that program. Um, and it's it's something that we're seeing nationwide. So um, another one that was announced or in the news in the past week was Kansas State University announced that they have an, an initiative to further develop their training ability when it comes to meat processing. So the department received a grant actually from the university's Global Food Systems Initiative to expand their training ability. And so according to Dustin Pendle, one of the receivers of the grants, uh, they hope to support small and very small processors across the state by helping them with business expansion, startup adoption, and improvement of food safety practices. So also doing some training in terms of the business side of things um, and helping with that accounting, helping with um, getting new lockers on the line, as well as always improving their food safety practices will be huge. And finally, bacon is coming to Vegas. And by that, I don't mean just a bacon cheeseburger at uh, your favorite restaurant or buffet, but the Downtown Hospitality Group has announced that a bacon nation is on its way. And the restaurant will be open 24-7 will feature bacon and other pork-based products. And currently, when talking about the menu, there are 14 variations of bacon planned, um, as this includes a lemon pepper bacon, jalapeno bacon, and even salt and vinegar. Um, and going even a bit further is a chocolate-dipped bacon. 
So additionally, customers will be able to purchase bacon flights and plates that are focused on the pork belly, rib, or even pulled pork. So with that, that was the news. And I know it's been a few weeks since I've done an episode, but this was just the news in the past week. And there was a lot of things that I didn't touch on, um, but pretty, pretty, uh, pretty diverse things that are happening in the meat industry right now. Um, most of these stories were linked back or came from uh, Meeting Place, which is an awesome source of news. If you have any interest um, in the meat industry and, and want to hear more about this, they post stories about, um, you know, random news clips as well as things specific about uh, processing plants um, or other food companies, um, and, and a pretty interesting site to be on. So highly recommend uh, looking into that for a subscription if that's something that you have an interest in. So with that, thank you for joining me this week in the meeting room, and I look forward to visiting with you again soon.